Hello, everybody, and welcome to the to-do list. We are here today with another Broadway episode. Yes, they're popular. People love them. We love Broadway. Let's do this. So this is about Kimberly Akimbo, which is playing as of the time of this recording. We were lucky to win the lottery, and we got to see it for $45, and you can too, or you can pay the regular price, because either way, it's a winner, especially when you're seeing a Broadway show, and especially this one. But we will get more into detail with that in this episode. So with that, here we go. Hi. This is Noah. Hey, it's Kimberly, and this is the, the To Do List. Well, we are here to talk a little bit about an excursion we did in New York City to a Broadway theater. People love them. They they do. They do. It's actually <laughs> it's, people love these episodes. Oh, oh, I was gonna say people love Broadway theaters. They do, and yeah. they love the episodes. Well, I will people say, want to know about Broadway? They, and I get it. I get it. It's, it's exciting. If you're coming to New York, I feel like Broadway is one of the things that you should do. Uh, what? I disagree because Why? Like somebody like my brother wouldn't enjoy it, so it's a waste of money. It's it very depends. expensive to take somebody to something that they're not going going to enjoy. It depends if it was something like, oh, I don't know, Book of Mormon or Avenue Q. He would he have liked that? No, he wouldn't have. He doesn't like theater. So it's like certain people just do not like theater. I know people who, and it, it breaks my heart when they say this, they go, I don't like musical theater. It's stupid. And people break out in song. <sighs> people don't really do that. And I'm like, well, you haven't hung out with me. That's true. So there you go. <laughs> that's that's very true. We, we, we actually, earlier today, I did witness Camberley singing the Cuddlebug. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there's, bug song. there's a lot. So she yeah. does break out in song. That being said, I would argue against that because you know I, I not I need to argue, but I would say if you go to some other country, like if I were to go to Korea, I would try kimchi. I, I know I don't okay, like kimchi, but kimchi, but kimchi but I is a it. quick bite. Spending a hundred dollars uh, on a two-hour show uh, is a lot. First of all, well, actually, that's where we're going to go with this because you don't need to spend a hundred dollars. First of all, doesn't need to be a two-hour show. Could be an hour and a half with no intermission. And third of all, kimchi, I could argue, stays longer with you than a quick bite because that digestive uh, process. I, it, it happens a lot quicker for some people. But so there you go. But it's more than the quick bite. <laughs> it's going to come through me. It's going to come through everyone eventually. Boy, we're classy. Why, I know. Keeping it classy. Keeping it. So, we took an excursion to the Booth Theater, a Broadway house that is showing Kimberly Akimbo, yes. which was a Broadway show that did very well with the 2023 Tony Awards. It actually received eight nominations. Uh, Some Like It Hot received 13 nominations, and the reason why I wanted to bring that up is their average. Of those eight nominations, Kimberly Akimbo won five of them. Mm-hmm. Um making their average about 62.5% of the nominations got, they actually won. The only Broadway show for the 2023 uh, Tony season that actually did better was the play Leopoldstadt, which won 66.7 or 4 out of 6. So, that being said, I, I'm, I'm going to avoid how Angeliet did, because I don't want to talk about that, because we want to be positive. Isn't it closed? It had, Look, it had nine nominations and one zero. So, oh, let's just say, I know, that's why I didn't want to... Here, here's, the, here's the thing with that. And Wait, I, you're going to talk I, about Angeliet? We no, didn't even see it. no, no, no! I'm not. I'm not going to talk about that. I just want to say this, and whatever you like, go see it, please. You know, support Broadway. But I just feel that people are going to like get tired of these. Um, what? Like the jukebox musicals, to a degree where it's just there's not a strong plot. I mean, some of them are doing really well, and then some of them just don't. I just uh, eventually uh, they're going to get tired out. I think I, well, I really do. Back in the day, I had read this about. 
Mamma Mia, when that first, it was the Winter Garden, I think, when it came it was, to Broadway yeah. as a Winter Garden theater, when it started, they actually gave it, like, awful reviews. They said, if you are not an ABBA fan, this will be a waste of your time. Basically yeah. saying it's not going to convert anyone. Right. And, I, I mean, I guess I would put forth, look how well that's done. Mamma Mia has been made into a movie, and people love it. Well, there's a lot of musicals, I think, that have been like that over time. I just, I think what I liked about this one was that I think, from my understanding, it was based off of a book. Fine. Yes. But... My thing is, is I tend to like more of a traditional plot line. I don't just want songs thrown together, concert style, or jukebox musicals. I don't like that. Because the reason why ticket prices, a little bit of theater history for you, because I was a nerd like this. Was or is? You are. You still are. I still am. So the reason why ticket prices start, in this like 60s, 70s, it was very affordable. You could take your family for very cheap prices. Then when the big... Spectacle musicals came about in the 80s. Do you mean Phantom of the Opera? Phantom, Miss, Miss Saigon, all those things. They basically made the prices go up because there was more technical, you know, hydraulics. Sets ain't lightings. cheap. Right. The sets had to be up, kept, all these things. That chandelier had to rise every night. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, so that was a sp- phantom time, spoiler. It, it, it put the ticket prices up. Okay, so now here we are today. The problem is you have something like six. No shade, but I'm not a huge fan. But I know a lot of people love it. You do you. So what ended up happening is you have a show with six people and the orchestra, basically, with very minimal set and costumes, and they want to charge $200. No. So what's happening is the people at Broadway have gotten greedy, going, well, we can charge these prices because people will pay it when there's no maintenance to the set. Supply and demand. I know. But that's what I'm saying. For me, I just don't like the way that a lot of these shows are going and what they're doing to the Broadway scene a little bit. But that's just me. That's my style. You can love it and tell me to boop. So there you go. I want to be a producer is what I thought of when you were saying all that because basically the producers want to make a lot of money. So No, absolutely. Everybody does. That being said, this show is not a jukebox musical. Right. This this is one that does have a set uh, and it is one that I will say uh, we... I, I actually tend to want to see things after I see the Tony Awards, after I see the performances of them and this is one that I was interested in even before the Tony Awards because... We actually uh, had been exposed to this before the Tony Awards, and I was like, oh, this sounds interesting. I do want to hear, um, see this and hear more about this. And when Kimberly referenced earlier $100 a ticket for a two-hour yeah. show, this was one that does have an online lottery. So this is one that you can com- uh, compete to get tickets for or the opportunity to buy tickets on Social Toaster, where they'll get you two tickets if you win that lottery, or you can say you only won one ticket if you enter that lottery. Uh, basically, the ticket price is $45. Yeah. And as far as seat go, we were on the ground floor. Uh, we were on audience left, stage yeah. right. Uh, but I saw, did you see everything? Yeah. Can't yeah. shorter. So I'm short. Time, so so it, sometimes I need a booster seat, though I, I haven't done it yet. So this <laughs> I couldn't even see dear Evan Hansen because we were in the front row. I told Kimberly <laughs> that we could get her a booster seat if we needed to, but <laughs> not that doing didn't it. So that being said, uh, what what were your feelings about? Okay. So what I will say is I'll appreciate I appreciate the fact, like I said, that it's a little bit more of a standard musical, you know, has beginning, middle, end. Um and it's a little bit different though. You know, it has a little bit of a different feel to it in, in a couple ways. One of them is that it basically isn't I don't want to say it's dark subject matter, but it is to a degree. You know, we don't want to give 
too much away, but you'll know this. We'll, we'll tell you a point we're going to the spoilers. Right Are we now, there yet? No, <laughs> right now, it, 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 it's in the plot. Everybody should know. That's basically a young girl who has a disease where basically you age quickly, and most of these people do tend to pass away at, in, in the mid-20s, if not before then, of old age. I forget what it's called. Progeria. Progeria. That I think you're right. Progeria. So it is a very rare disease. It does really exist. Of course, it was changed for. They never even said what the condition really was. So it could be a cousin to it that doesn't really exist. But whatever. So you're dealing with life and death, um, but with a very um, comedic aspect to it in a lot of ways. I will also say, from my opinion, that don't expect to necessarily walk away humming anything. You so, know what I mean? I, I know what you mean, and actually that's something I kind of wanted to address on that, because the music is by Janine Tesori. So mm -hmm. those people who know Violet is something that Janine Tesori has yep. done. She's also done Carolina Change. Yep. Uh, I, I personally feel a lot of time people who do music, uh, whether I'm thinking of um, No Benjamin is one of them. Um, sometimes people have trademarks, like uh, Lawrence O'Keefe works with Nell Benjamin, and they basically did Heather's Bad Boy the Musical. Yeah. And there's certain trends we can hear. Uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber, another one. No, we hear true. trends. And so I feel like Janine Tesori is one that, to Kimberly's point, I don't know. Violet has one song I think I hum or could watch. Uh, oh, I love beginning. that soundtrack. I know Inside Out, but I think you're right. Most people wouldn't. I think the first number is. Probably one of the in, in Violet, you mean? In Violet, right. yes. You, yes. So to address that to Kimberly Kimbo, I don't know, and some time has passed since we actually saw it. However, I don't know that it sticks in my head. I guess there are songs back in the day when Kimberly was re referencing Phantom of the Opera or Cats or even Chess. They used to have songs that could be played on the radio as a pop song. They did that in the forties through the seventies, eighties. It was that's what you wanted. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't think. I think musical theater has evolved in a way that that's not so much happening right now. There's a, a point where we basically have songs that further the plot or show character development right. and outside of the musical itself doesn't really stand alone, doesn't always make sense. Right. Uh, one of the songs in the show is called Make a Wish and I don't think outside of the show it would make sense or or, or be as impactful no. as it would without the live performance and the the uh, outside the... the uh, Scenario that comes before and comes after. We need some yeah. perspective as to where the the singer is coming from to make it make sense. Sure. And I think Janine Tesori's songs oftentimes do that. Yeah, she also tends to do. If you look at the stylized, very intimate shows with the character, very character focused on one person, namely, and other people who come into play. Um, and and that's what kind of happens here. It really is Kimberly's show. But, you know, there's a bunch of characters around her, and some are more impactful than others. But that's very much... I feel like she, the the writer, really loves intimate shows with uh, hopefully a lot of emotion, but yet sometimes laughter in it where maybe you don't think it belongs. So it's not like a dark comedy, but it, there's a theme to it. I mean, it's a young woman who's very much... Or girl, she's in high school, who's very much aware of her limited time because of her disease and so and how she navigates the world and how her family deals with it and that's a lot of the plot i think that shouldn't turn people off it's actually a very interesting show i felt um i know people like i said care about the music and the set as far as music like i said i don't feel you're going to be walking out humming anything i don't really remember anything the other thing is the set is pretty cool actually one of the things that i i really liked about it was there, it, there's a skating rink 
and in the beginning they they have like snow coming down so it's kind of cool you can see it on the stage but then the snow came out in the audience after it was done and it was still floating for a couple of songs so essentially what you're saying is you're a sucker for snow no i just thought it was really neat i'd never seen it done before it was very simple the setup was very simple you knew what it was but it was just done beautifully and and like there's a very cool skating scene in in one part where they actually have like skates of course they're probably like wheels but they're skating around on them and it was just kind of a beautiful little moment and, and, and just looked nice. I really, I liked the set because I just felt like it was smart. It was easy to move around and maneuver you know, unlike something like Hades Town, where you have like the turntable and even though it's simple that's still a lot to maneuver um, or like Phantom which is tons of stuff lying everywhere which is now closed, but this I think is just kind of a simple set which kind of sets it up for a lot of ways once it closes, because everything does um, it could be used in like community theater eventually or regional really easily. So you're looking at the long game as what could happen to this material and how easily it could be produced afterwards. Yes, part of it. And also what I liked about it was, and then I'll... Oh know. no, I'm just laughing because I'm thinking about King Kong, the musical that changed your life because of that. Now With that can't be produced puppet. again. It can't be produced again now. It's a sock puppet and everybody will go out. What's going to be the King Kong though? That's King Kong. He's going to be a sock puppet? I thought you were talking about the snake that fought with King Kong. <laughs> Nobody can do that. Nobody wants to do that show. <laughs> you loved it. I it changed to. your life. Yeah, yeah. It'll change you forever. It changed me forever. The tagline was right. Um, so, the, you know, what I also liked about it was the fact that a lot of the time you'll see on Broadway very youth-oriented shows, you know, because it sells, you know, like that Juliet. Oof. Anyway, but you'll see a lot of that. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. But I kind of like the fact that the main character was an older woman and it showcased like her family and stuff so it was a nice mix i, I like that broadway starting to introduce more of that a little bit more than it being like spring awakening every five seconds and whatever you know every five seconds i yeah. see um for me i will say i felt that the star of the show was the book I, I am not saying I had no qualms with the book at all, but I will say I do think the book was was well written. David Lindsay Abair was the writer of the book, and he also uh, participated with the lyrics of mm-hmm. the show. But I've, uh, And I'm familiar with his work for uh, Good People is one of the works that I'm familiar with as Rabbit Hole as well. And I, I am familiar with his work in play, so I enjoyed that a lot. And I really enjoyed uh, his work in this as well. And I feel as though what he did particularly well is write a character, and I want to give credit to Victoria Clark, who played that character as yeah. well, that allowed me to connect with her. I, full disclosure, I have no problem crying at a movie or crying at a Broadway show. Would you agree with that, Kimberly? No, you do. Who's more likely to tear up, you or me? Yeah. It's yeah. going to be me, and that's fine. No no harm. I teared up like four times in this, and the, the first one I do remember, and I guess this would be a spoiler, so well. are we at spoiler red or should I t- say it later? I mean... You know what? We're going to go into spoiler mode. So I'm gonna spoiler <laughs> we mode. will. We're going to go into spoiler mode just so you know. And then we'll we'll come back at the end when we rate it and whatever. We just don't want to ruin it if you want to know. Right. My spoiler mode is, and I don't know how big of a spoiler this really is. It was a song where basically she was making a wish. And she was talking about all these things she could wish for. And she was like, oh, a treehouse that seems so simple. I should for wish for something greater. And she was basically doing some reflection. Oh, this isn't a spoiler. Now people ran away. Oh. <laughs> it's telling what she wishes for well yeah it's basically telling what happens because if you know how it's going to end up then that kind of I would say 
takes away from the process of seeing her go through that self-evaluation yeah. and reflecting on her life and saying, hey, what do I really want? And she, what she wanted was basically a normal family. Just to yeah. sit down and have a dinner and, and, and not fight, not have a conflict. Right. And then she realized, you know what? That's too much to wish for. I wish for a dream house. Well, I'll just or a tree, tree house. house. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, and even now talking about it, I'm getting a little bit, uh, because it, it's sad to think that all, all she wants is her family not to have a fight. Just a simple dinner for one day. And, and even that's too much to ask for. And that, to me, invited me into the character. So part of it is the writing. Part of it is Victoria Clark's portrayal of this character. Yeah. Because I do know there was, I, and I will say, when I said the star of the show was a book, there were two other people that really stood out for me who I thought did such a good job of portraying a character that was likable and accessible to the audience that I had. It, it's not purely about the words on the page, but it's also what the actors do with those words. Well, of course, that's just theater in general. But I uh, think- Sometimes you have a good script that's really easy to act. Basically... Mm. I don't know if I agree with that. We're allowed to disagree. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. I think going off of that, that's what I liked about the show with you talking about. It's a very dysfunctional family for her. Um, I think part of it was the family was dysfunctional before she was born. And then on top of it, I mean, because I think she was an accident. And then basic, there are no accidents, by the way. She just wasn't planned. So... And I think on top of it, it just continued. And on top of it, she's a special child. She has special needs because she is old, basically, as a teenager. And that causes physical problems and health ailments. And so a lot of it has to do with her. In a lot of ways, she's the adult in the family. In some ways. But you also go through the journey of how her family treats her and and the burden of living with Progeria or, or... yeah, I remember another moment. Like I said, I cried like four times. There was another moment where her mom whipped out a zinger on her at that dinner that we yeah. referenced, where it didn't go well. Um, spoiler, and I remember the zinger, and I'm like, "That stinks. That's that's hard to hear, and that and that's awful to make a child feel that way." Yeah, I mean, but and so that, in that way, I give credit to the writer. No, I agree. I just feel like it, if some people, if you've come from that background, it can be a little bit triggering, maybe. I mean, as, not for me. I, I spoiler, my background was very difficult in a lot of ways. <laughs> this is a Camberley spoiler, you mean? Yeah, the Camberley spoiler. So I mean, because I, I, it was very touching because I understood her wish because that was basically my family. It was always a lot of turmoil, and you want that moment, and you know it's never going to happen. It's one of the reasons why I love Christmas so much is because that was a magical time of year where my family behaved. Because or at least they tried thought to. they were supposed to. Were they successful, though? Or uh, you don't want to they, that? Would, they, they would try really hard. Exactly. <laughs> very exciting to me, that and Thanksgiving, because of those moments. And so seeing it, it was, it was interesting because to be in that dynamic, I knew. And I remember watching the sequence at the dinner table without spoiling too mm. much. But where they they do try to behave and eventually if you come from this type of family and unravels and i remember thinking in my head it's going to unravel because and it was smart writing because i'm like as somebody who went through this it's going to unravel and it did because it's what you broke for her because it's just like as as this child you basically want this especially there's more of a pressure for her because she has limited time you know so these this is so precious and she's finally getting what she wants it just falls apart and it's just like it's an interesting show in that way because there's high highs where you laugh 
And then there's really low lows where you're just like, oh, and it brings you back to reality a little bit because they don't want to make it like a, a, a depression fest. You know what I mean? Like there's some shows where it's just depressing the whole time, practically like Les Mis, where it's just like, I mean, it's Les Miserables. I mean, that's, it's in the title. So it's like, we'll throw in the Tenardiers and make you smile every once in a while. So, but you know, this was a, a nice balance, but you know, it definitely will take you for a roller coaster ride in, in a lot of ways, which I liked. I liked it because the book was very smart. It was very interesting. There were certain things that I didn't know. Oh, oh go are, ahead. You, are we selling pros? So, I mean, I thought we were kind of talking about things we okay, liked. Let's talk about I, I just have. Yeah, I, I, no, we can talk about I, next. No, no, let, let's I definitely have two more pros I just no, wanted to write about. I, I, no, please do. One was Victoria Clark. I, she oh, won yeah. the Tony for her role. Yeah. I see why she won. I get it. Part of it was. Her, her. She's been acting for over thirty-seven years. Her first, yeah. um, from my understanding, her first uh, Broadway production was *A Sunday in the Park* with George. I think she was a standby in that. Oh, so I that, know. so she's been at this for a while. She's a pro. That she's she, a, she, she is a pro. She is a Broadway um, like she's been there. Well, and and she did a good job of not overdoing the emotion, so that that we could see her fight back and just take it, take the hits, and and not burst into tears. She she was very strategic and she was very good about when she. In, embraced the emotion and yeah, embraced. She didn't overdo. You know how some people overdo the childish part where yes. it becomes comedic or just unrealistic. She didn't. She actually was convincing without taking it to why is this adult acting like a teenager? You know what I mean? Where it looks just it, it it's laughable. She never did that. She did really. She kept it in a zone that was realistic where you lost yourself in the performance. And I think that's why I said I don't know if I give credit to David Lindsay Abair or if I give credit to her for that character because I think part of the times when she's portraying something, I was like, oh, is his writing this good or is it just so realistic or is she just so in tune with the character? So I couldn't, I, I, I actually couldn't tell where his words ended and she, her, her work began. Yeah, it it yeah. kind of melded together. So I, I want to give them both credit. But the other person I, I really wanted to give credit to was we saw an understudy actually a set. Miguel yes. Gill. So uh, he went on to Seth, and I really liked him. I had seen in the Tony Awards that it was supposed to be played by Justin Cooley, but we did not see him on the evening that we actually were there. I actually, now given, I did not see a full performance by Justin right. Cooley, but I did see Miguel Gill, and I, I did enjoy him a lot. I had to give kudos to him because I found he was charming. I felt like he was very believable. Um, there were some parts that I'm like, oh, that could have been better. I also thought he had good theatrical instinct. There was a point where there was a loose item dropped on the stage floor, and if you know anything about theater, you don't want to leave that on the <laughs> stage floor. people will just keep, everyone in the audience and on stage will keep focusing on it, and everybody will just keep focusing on that drop pop. Especially if you're switching <laughs> scenes, because exactly. like, wait, if you're going from a school to a skater rink, that same prop would not be the skater rink was in school so he swooped in before the scene ended Good and man. got away he all he did there were part no i'm not gonna say he's perfect i i'm a perfectionist in ways that i'm like oh there are things that i felt like i felt like good kid could have been stronger but when he was interacting with uh kimberly mm -hmm. i i really enjoyed the energy i found him charming i found him charismatic and i believed that he genuinely would not like romantically it should be genuinely cared for her as a human being and I, I give him credit his charm that part of it's the actor I know uh, but there were definitely parts and also the writing I have to give the credit to the writing his anagrams I like that character because I found the anagrams that they came up with and I won't spoil them very witty I guffawed at like three of the anagrams that yeah. were mentioned so 
I, I have to give credit to the writing again there, but also to uh, Miguel Gill. I thought he did a very, very good job with the role as an understudy. Oftentimes he really we did, uh, yeah. Just our experience in theater. Sometimes when the understudies go on, they don't get this opportunity so often. So they really embrace it, really do it. And and he didn't seem nervous at all. He really seemed to um, take take the role with both hands and and hold on and give us the best performance he could. I agree. I feel like he was. It's almost like he, he's just excited. He's like, I'm the understudy. I'm going on. And you could tell he's one of those people who loves what he does. And so even though there may have been some weaknesses, but he's young yet, you know, he embraced it and he had a natural charm to him that I think just belongs to the actor, but he brought it to the character and it really was... I was glad to see him. I, I, I You know, I, I saw the Tony... Tony's as well, and I just, I, I hate to say it, I just, I really liked what I saw with this one. I'm glad I saw him, though I'm sure the other one's fine, but I, I just, I really And I think it. part of that was the scene we saw. We did see the anagram scene, but it was more Victoria's song. Yeah. Seeing, uh, basically saying about what this boy Seth sees in her. So we, she was essentially the lead. He was interjecting some and working on an anagram puzzle. So it wasn't really a good acting moment, I guess I'd say, for the character of Seth. So that being yeah. said... I don't know that we had the full chance to see Justin Cooley's charm. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, it's not fair and, to judge it when we're seeing something on the Tonys where they usually par it down. So you're not seeing the full performance. We're not seeing the full performance. There are opportunities to show charm. Sure. I, I, I guess I, I would say in in Miguel's defenses, you got to seize every opportunity to show that charm if did. you can. And Justin. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't see every opportunity, but he did have some opportunities on that telecast. Yeah. So I, I hear, I, I'm a devil's advocate. I hear both sides of that. So yeah. I enjoyed Miguel's performance. Yeah, yeah. So are we heading more into the. We can head into Kanye. So yeah, yeah. So Sorry, I just said so many pros. No, I had to please. Get it out. No, I, they, they, it's a delightful show. But the thing is, okay, so this one's kind of a pro and a con. Mm -hmm. So we'll, this, we'll use this. Now, you know this actress, the one who played the aunt, Bonnie Milligan. That thing. Thank you. <laughs> who, who won the Tony? She did win the Tony. So I'm going to start off with... Okay, Her first off, her voice is phenomenal. Uh, it, she got some pipes. She has got some pipes. That is somebody who's trained and trained well. And damn. <laughs> <laughs> she can sing. And I, 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 I could be a little bit hard with that sometimes because as a vocalist and just... I, I could be a little bit... Yeah, tripped on up on that sometime. I was like, damn, this this woman can sing. She really, the audience loved her. The audience was cracking up. She was the much needed comedic relief. That at times it became a little bit predictable. The way that she would deliver the lines, I knew it was going to happen. And after a while, I kind of wanted to see a little bit more. But that's just me being extremely picky. But also part of that could have been the character. Yeah. How it was written. It, it, it's kind of one-dimensional, but it just I wish it had been varied a little bit. Or it could have been directed that way. That's so we awesome. really don't know who to put that no, on. No, absolutely not. She's still phenomenal. I, I, she did phenomenal, but yeah. There, and, and part of it, sometimes I just felt like the character, not her fault. It's just the way it's written was a little bit like... It, Here's my problem with a lot of the ad adults, in quotes, um, including the parents. And this has to do with writing. And this is where I feel like the writing may have failed a bit. Uh -huh, uh -huh. I feel that they were very one-dimensional. I feel like they gave the teenagers, especially the ones focused on the most, a little bit more dimension. I felt like the parents and the aunt really had no depth to them. I, I hear you on Bonnie Milligan's character, the aunt. But the mom, I actually... I hear you. I hear you. I think you just wanted more depth. I think they did show moments there was a lullaby. Yeah. And she was trying to basically portray to her unborn child. Um, that's a spoiler. The mom's pregnant. Yeah. So 
she wanted, they did a video aspect and they basically want to tell their story or their side of things. I think the fact that, A, yeah, it fits into her character that she wants to control how her unborn child sees her uh, later in life or when she actually views this video. However, the, the lullaby that she was thinking of when Kimberly was younger, that, that I thought gave some insight. Maybe not enough for your liking. I, I hear you. I think you wanted more depth. It, I think it didn't give enough. It does, but I mean, just the fact that like everything in her body is broken. She keeps breaking stuff. It was just, it's not realistic, which... Or is she a hypochondriac? No, I think it really was, because she was oh. in a cast. They wouldn't put a cast on you if you didn't. Um... I just and the father of course is the stereotypical alcoholic it was just to me it was very they were very one dimensional and mostly used for comedic also I mean this is all spoilers at this point I didn't like how basically Kimberly's forgotten at one point because the new baby's coming and basically they know Kimberly is getting older and probably won't be around for long they basically turn her bedroom into a baby room like she's already gone and I don't feel most parents would do this. They, they they wouldn't just go, well, this one's going to be gone. Let's erase them for a healthy one, hopefully. Where, well, Which I, I, I had a problem. I, I, I hear both sides of that. The car scene with the dad, and you mentioned the alcoholic. I felt he had some depth as well. Case in point, the car scene where basically there was a conflict between Seth, Kimberly, and the dad. Oh, that scene was great. That, but that, to me, could happen. <laughs> Essentially, spoiler, the dad forgot her birthday. Yeah. I, I believe that. I mean... Truth be told, I ask my dad sometimes when my birthday is, and he's off by two days. Which yeah, my dad didn't know how to spell my name till I was fourteen. Exactly. So to me, when you say, "Oh, they're stereotypical," and but I don't know, it does. Ha- so some of the problems I think some of the qualms people had with the show is, "Oh, it's not realistic. This could never happen." I would say some of the things in the show, yeah, they could happen. Now, when you mentioned the "Oh, change the room of the older sister in into a baby room," would that happen before they moved out? I hear what you're saying. Yeah, that that does seem a little bit. There was, to your point, there was another point. I, yes, I have sung the praises of David Lindsay Bear's writing. Yeah. However, no. I mean, there was a flaw in my mind is forgery. There's some forgery going on in here. There's no consequences for that. Seth, there's something that happens that involves Seth missing school. Uh, he can just miss school. Yeah, there's no we'll consequence. Your parents that. don't a care. Spoiler, so, yeah. Well, no, I just said he missed school. I didn't say why. No, we but, will at the end. Oh, we will. We can talk oh, about it. We'll okay. just say big, big spoiler. Oh, okay. But my point is with script, the the realism, and, and I don't know how much we're supposed to cling on to that. And maybe I'm overthinking, or you're, or we're both yeah. overthinking. Yeah. But the reality is, forgery. Hi, y'all ain't going to jail. Nothing's gonna happen. We're all gonna get off scot free. Yeah, it happens all the time in New York. Uh, Seth, he's just gonna <laughs> skip. Where are his parents? I'm just gonna skip school. My parents are never gonna find out. They're never gonna find me. They're not gonna worry about me. And there's no consequence from the school. Like there was some. Some could say that was summer break. No, it wasn't. <laughs> they talked about school. They were just in school. You're, <laughs> I mean, I'm just, you're, you're really trying hard to make that work. I, when no, you you mentioned believability issues, there were some things that yeah that that were. Uh, Questionable. That were questionable. What I glom onto is the moments that I felt where the character had a good uh, resource in order to convey emotion, and there and I felt there were a number of those. Yeah. Especially for Seth, and especially for Kimberly, I feel those two characters had the most opportunities to show their heart to the audience. Yeah. I guess I'd say uh, whether they were see or or be endearing. I guess or be endeared by uh, be embraced by the audience. Not necessarily heart. Say Seth. It's there, but I feel it really is Kimberly's show. Uh, so I glom on to those opportunities. Yes, it's what very you much like Violet. Uh, and that and Violet that, is Violet's that show. Violet is the Violet show, but then she talked. Flick is kind of like her Seth. It, it's like 
you know, I never saw Carolina change, but I've seen Violet in a few times. And it's like, she tends to do that, where there really is somebody who tends to be the focus, and then there's usually a secondary character, maybe a third, that comes into play. But she also had her hand in Shrek and Thoroughly Modern Millie. So I would say yeah. those you got some hooks but on. Thoroughly but... Modern Millie was already a movie, so she right. was going off of something that was already created, and so was Shrek. So therefore this she's This is limited. something that she has a little bit more freedom with. If you mess with those two shows, people are going to like go, ooh, with pitchforks. And have their arms up. Yeah, <laughs> kind of right. like they would do with Back to the Future if you change certain things. Uh oh. I mean, we're not going to go into Back to the <laughs> no. Future. Yeah, no, Spoiler the, the DeLorean can fly. Spoiler. <laughs> I know. Um, any other, any other um, downfalls or reservations that you wanted to mention? Oh, I think. This is interesting because you talked about it mm-hmm. and we both we disagreed on this. There's a sequence in the show yes. where she's in the classroom and she doesn't they're talking about diseases. Yes. Which is funny, actually, and they're all talking about their diseases like we used to do when you know, when you were in school when you'd have to do a report with somebody. I never did that. And oh I did. <laughs> Let me tell you. What was your report on? Do you remember? Well it wasn't diseases. Oh, um, oh. I did several of them. I don't even remember. One of them was the country Argentina. <gasps> yes. Oh my god, I did Argentina too. And I had did to you... in Spanish class. Oh, Spanish. okay. Mine was in English. But did you pick Argentina yourself or it was chosen for you? I picked it. Why did you pick it? Because oh. I, I knew about it and I had an interest in it. I so. picked it because of Ava Perone. <laughs> I know I'm such What's a What's new? <laughs> Cyrus. So, What's new? So, during that sequence, she... Kimberly doesn't want to do her disease, but Seth is kind of pushing it. And so Finally, she, she accepts it. She does it. And she kind of has a little bit of a breakdown when they're talking about what it does to you and, and how your life becomes difficult and shortened. And I think I liked it. I thought that sequence was great, but I think you mentioned that you felt it just went on too long or I did. something. I, I didn't feel as though they needed as many minutes on every single disease. After a while, it seemed to me almost formulaic, and I kind of knew it was going to happen. It kind of reminded me of a play called La Ronde uh-huh. by Arthur Schnitzler, which is similar to Blue Room that Nicole Kidman was in. Yes. Basically, the concept is um, everybody pairs up with somebody mm-hmm. until eventually everyone... In a naughty way. In a naughty way. Oh, yeah. They're, they're essentially... <laughs> Children, cover your ears. Bumping uglies. Because that's the worst thing I could say. They're, they're essentially doing that. They're and having adult relations. They are having adult relations. And, and it's one pairs off. So A and B do it, then B and C do it, then C and D do it, then D and E do it, till we get all the way back around to A. That's the whole point. At some point in that, I know what's coming. So with that's not to the same extent. Obviously, we didn't go through as many quote-unquote that's how letters. started, I heard. Just kidding. A few things could have started that way. Let's just say that. Um... I was thinking of mononucleosis. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Point of the story That's is... That's So You can get that through air. You can get that from sharing gla- glasses, you can get it. food. It's Actually, most adults will have it at one time in their life. Be careful of your spleen. I haven't had it yet, so, so far so good. tested. You don't know that. I just nodded my head because I don't even need You don't wood. know. They probably haven't checked for it. If they did, you probably had it. <sighs> on that note, letters. They didn't go as around many letters, and I felt like the, the reports on diseases, I, I knew it was coming. And there wasn't a lot of payoff for me. And I'm like, okay great. I'm hard to make laugh, and I'm hard to have humor. The anagrams, I liked because I didn't see it coming, and it's quick. Mm-hmm. Made it happen, got it done. The reports on diseases, yeah, it's funny when they said they're diseases, but when they actually got into the content of the actual report, I'm like, okay, can we go on to the next one now? Because there was no real payoff. I felt it was almost there just to be there as a placeholder, or 
also because they had to or also to give those actors in the ensemble roles, uh, roles an opportunity to shine. I didn't read it that way. I read it that it was supposed to be the comedic so the audience was having a good time so it was a contrast. So when Kimberly goes up it starts out like that and it just goes down a dark place. Fine, but the comedics weren't high enough because basically after they revealed what the disease was I'm like, haha, okay, now next. Like, it, they didn't sustain the comedy for me. And so, but I'm also, a, a, I'm not saying I'm more critical, but I'm saying when it comes to humor, I have a, yeah. a I don't laugh at a lot. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He doesn't. So I, I get well, it. Well, you don't laugh at a lot either, though. No, but I found Napoleon Dynamite funny. When I oh. saw it, like, three years ago, I finally watched it. I thought it was funny, and you don't. Oh, I still don't. My, <laughs> I guess I'm doing a shout-out to my brother. He actually wanted me to watch it as a challenge. So I watched it. I watched the entire thing, and then I, I didn't find it funny Not at all. Not even the dance? No. Oh, I found oh. it lame and stupid and trying too hard. Was funny. Sorry, for anybody who loves Napoleon Dynamite. I thought it was I know. funny. Yeah, and, you, and that's good. That, that's all for you. Great. <laughs> so then... I thought, you know what, maybe I missed something. Maybe I, I just, you know, maybe I'm not open enough. Maybe I didn't get it. So then, like, within a week of watching the first time, I watch it again. And I'm like, no, I'm good. I, I'm like, no, I, I, if, it, if it's supposed to be funny, either I'm not getting it or I just have no humor. Which yeah. is possible, too. The point is, this one, I didn't know. that, And it's not the biggest qualm I have in the world. I can sit no. through, essentially, maybe five minutes of fluff, Yeah, I'll call it. Okay, fair enough. That wasn't... Uh, do I have any more? Yeah, do you have any other comments? Oh, I have... I, I'm going to say two. Okay. One, and I think this is something we kind of agreed on. Yeah. Some scenes seemed a little bit over-choreographed, specifically the dinner scene at the dinner table. There was too much oh, dancing was it choreography. turning around? And the choreography and the dancing from the ensemble. Yeah, it, there, it, there was too much. It's like, there's no need for it. This is more of a realistic musical theater show in that it's it's a, a, a piece of life. What do you call that? A, a slice of life. Slice of life, like type musical. So... Like Fun Home. Right. It, so also it's like, by Janine Tesori. Like a you good, don't need to add like extra movement. In ways you don't want it. Because when Camerly, it's distracting. When, when Camerly mentions people who don't like musical theater, oftentimes That's they why. say, oh, they don't spring out into dance. No, fine, they don't. Camerly does, but most people don't. Yeah. That being said, hi, when I'm having dinner and having a discussion with my family that goes south, I don't have four people around me dancing and doing a plie yeah, and a grand jeté. It didn't make any sense. It, it took it out of realism for a moment, and I wanted, and it almost made it in a way, to me, comedic. It almost distracted. Pokey musical theater. <laughs> it, well, it took away from what Kimberly was going through. Because yeah. it's really, it's a bad moment for her. And I'm, mm-hmm. if I'm seeing a dancer, I'm like, wait, what is, what? It's distracting me from the power of the moment. So in a way, I think it actually took away, and I mean, spoiler, we haven't seen the most recent revival of Sweeney Todd yet, but we did see the Tony telecast oh. of that. And basically, one of the comments, Kimberly, and I'm outing you on this one. Yeah, go ahead. Did you say it's a little bit, it seemed a little bit over choreographed? From what I saw from the opening sequence, and Sweeney Todd's in my top ten favorite shows of all time, it's a dark show. We love, I love dark shows. But the problem was, they're they're doing Pippin all up in there <laughs> with their hand movements. I'm like, I don't need Pippin for Sweeney Todd. I'm like, I do not want choreography. It's like when they did the instruments, please stop. When they did that before, just stop. Sweeney Todd is about the music. Patty LaPone's coming at you. She was playing her tuba. Don't don't um, don't be messing with Patty. But no, I don't. Uh, did they do the I, hand drive for Sweeney Todd? Was that, was no, that I just bit. didn't care for it. Yeah, I, I, that's just for me. I don't want that. Just the sh- certain shows. This was written that way, maybe. But they just let the content speak for itself. People aren't that ADHD. Please tell me. Oh, I I, would. I mean, come on. <laughs> that's just me. And, well, and that's something we, I've noticed in musical theater or Broadway in general lately. They've kind of done something where there's things on screens and things to make it so everybody's engaged. The other down I had, I'm going to call it an uneven ensemble. Okay. I'm going to call it like that because they're 
Um, there was one performer in the audience, I'm going to say, or in the ensemble, Martin, who's played by Fernell Hogan. He was clearly a good dancer. Yeah. A very, very a good dancer. Show. <laughs> and then yeah. I would say then, when I flip the coin on the other side, I the character of Aaron was played by Michael Escada. I, I couldn't always hear his mic, and then sometimes he, feel, he felt awkward, specifically in the choreography. So yeah. that unevenness, it, it didn't mean... Now, in real life, could you have, in a normal school, some people more comfortable sure. dancing than others? Yes, that is. That's very realistic. However, this is also Broadway. So if I'm going to pay, well... Uh, that's, I guess, our spoiler. We did win the lottery, yeah. and we did pay $45. Yeah. So we didn't pay $100. But if it I paid $100... It doesn't matter. It's Broadway. Exactly. And there's a standard of... Uh, there's a quality standard, I think, that we are expecting going in. So it's okay to be realistic, but at the same time, you don't want to be... If somebody's uncomfortable and awkward, I'm going to focus more on how uncomfortable and awkward they are, not as a character, but as an actor. And if he was supposed to be a character yeah. who's uncomfortable or awkward, it didn't seem like the character. It seemed like the actor was uncomfortable and awkward. And the mic not... Oh, that's a tech issue. That's not his fault. I'm not blaming him for that. But I'm just using those two, char- two ensemble members to point out the unevenness in the ensemble. And I wanted to be a little bit more even. And so if... I will say, uh, if Michael Escada was trying to make Aaron be uncomfortable, yeah. fine, do that then. But that's not what it read to me. It seemed like Michael was uncomfortable, not okay. Aaron. Okay. So that was a little bit of a down for me. There you go. So I, I don't necessarily want to do a huge spoiler and give everything away. I mean, did I, we? I no, we kind of did. I just I, we did. So I mentioned this forgery. is going to kind of. If you really don't want to know the end, just just log off for two or three minutes, please. Um, we'll make it quick. Big spoiler, big spoiler, big spoiler, without giving a huge spoiler. But the ending. I liked what happened with the ending because what I was thinking the whole time was was it was going to go one way and the ending surprised me. And so I liked the fact that it didn't go the stereotypical way of where I think most people are going. And I appreciated the ending because of that. This is the spoiler. I mean, do we just tell them? You didn't say what the ending was. No, no, we don't need to. We don't need so then, to. So, then we, so basically, every time we said there's a spoiler, we really haven't given much of a spoiler. No, because I don't want to ruin it for people. But I was actually like this surprised a, by it. So I, I will say the ending sequence was very touching. Yeah, I will it, agree it, with that. It had yes. a very good message. And regardless of how it ended, if you watch Kimberly throughout the whole show, it's the same message. Basically... Dream big and yes, maybe it's cliche and and live the life you want to live and make every moment be worth it and it, you know regardless if she went to the moon like or she passes or she gets a super cure I'm not saying what happens but whatever it is it's still the same message you know you're gonna have the ups and downs but try to even in the worst moments if you can hold on to those wonderful moments and and I think that was the beauty of it and the ending was actually really delightful unexpected it's not where i expected it to go and i really enjoyed it and i i i have a heart of you know i have a cold heart when it comes to theater because as an actor i are you a bit jaded it's not jaded it's just that i know what goes into it so it's like with films i don't get too upset because i'm like i've done this so i and you know the magic has been ruined a little bit so it takes a lot to make me react and i was like oh this really touched me 
It really did. So it, it was. It was really. It was really. You good. didn't know how it was going to end, and we didn't want to spoil it for you, the audience. Unlike Hades Town, which spoiler, um, it's based on the myth of Eurydice and Orpheus, oh my gosh. and he he looks back. So we've know, seen it like what three times? Three now? times. And the audience always gasps or says, "Oh no!" When it happens, we're like, "You guys do realize this is Greek like, mythology?" I studied this like, in seventh grade and ninth. It's like what? Well, we did as Americans. We're doing in we're, college. It's like what you guys don't know them. Yeah, but we're projecting our Americanness on them. I guess that every one in the world studies Greek myths. I the Titanic sinks. Uh, oh my god, Just you ruined so another one! <laughs> it's like people. So therefore, we are not going to spoil, I guess, apparently, based on what you said, Kimberly and Kimbo for you, uh, because because she's not a myth, and she's she's a famous disaster that a boat that sunk. Yeah. So therefore, we're not going to spoil it, because this, I don't think we think that, I think that we don't think this plot is as well known yeah, as those. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. So I guess normally what we do is we rank on a scale of one to five yeah. uh, how we felt about it. I know where I am. Okay. Do you know where you are? I. I can go first if I yeah. need to. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would rank it uh, five as being, oh, yes, see this show. And yeah. one is like, nah, nah, avoid the show like the plague. Exactly. I would rank this a 4.5. Nice. I, I, I think it was very touching. Yeah, I cried four times. Yeah. If you can get me to cry four times, yeah, go see it. And honestly, it's not one of those shows that I think you have to see Victoria Clark, or you have to see Justin Cooley, or you have to see Miguel Gill. Right. I don't think you have to see certain people in it. I, as I said, the book, it yeah, it's not perfect. I, I, there's very few shows I would say the book is perfect. But it, it really does a good job of telling a story and making it relatable. Um, some people, I will say, spoiler, think that it's not realistic, the, the kind of um, drama that goes on in, uh, in Kimberly's life. I think Kimberly and I discussed how you know people do have dysfunctional families. And no, it, and that's that's what I liked about it is that as somebody who came from a very dysfunctional family, in a lot of ways it just rang true, and it was kind of hurtful seeing what she was going through because I saw that same thing. And, and so, therefore, like, you didn't think that hurtful behavior was unrealistic, is what I'm hearing. No, some people just aren't prepared to be parents especially at a young age or maybe never and unfortunately there's children who have to live under that and you know it can be very difficult because you're stuck in that you can't just run off from it that's where you're stuck in life and it can really change your viewpoint on things and you know you go in the world and you see other people living a very different way and it can be very confusing and you want that so it's just to me it was really realistic and i like that about the show was the fact that it touched on a realistic subject that in a lot of ways make people uncomfortable or they don't believe it exists because they haven't experienced themselves right. and or, i'm just like no people who have and it's it's more common than you think it's also like well good for you you've you've yeah. been lucky in many yeah. ways count your blessings yeah um yeah i i, I yeah so i give a 4.5 I, it's kind of weird, I give it a 4.25. Oh, you, I see, I was wondering if we could go with the points. See, I was almost going to say, can I do 4.75 to them? like, no. You can. It's our show. Fine, then I'll go 4. Point, and not even to counteract you, I just wasn't sure we could do it. I thought we were going to do halves. And so that's why I was like, I didn't want to bump it up to a 0.75. I'm like, oh, I can just go 4.5, because I think I gave Hades Town a 4.5. So that's why I'm like... I think I gave that a 5, because I loved it. You loved it, but too, and it's not a compare. But no. essentially, for me, and that's why I wanted to bump it up a little bit yeah. higher, if I had to choose, or a tourist were coming into town, or if it was me, and they say, what do you want to see between Hades Town and Kimberly Kimbo? Yeah. I'd say Kimberly Akimbo. Hades Town. All and that's the way. and that's how we differ. <laughs> and well, because you said you do four point two five, so clearly you are right. So yeah. But, I, but if I did both four point five, then they'd be like, well, which one? So that's why. No, yes. and then that's just the difference of what people like. I I 
I really do think the show is worth seeing. I do feel that it, there may be cons with people who want to walk away humming tunes. That may not be here. Was that a con for you? No. Okay. I, I, that's not why I'm always there. I would love to, but even with Hades Town, I didn't, and I still thought it was spectacular. You know, um, there's a couple <laughs> songs that stuck with me, but then I couldn't la, remember them. And la, 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 not la, even that, la. but it was more of just like other things where I went, oh, now I remember when I listen to the soundtrack and I know it inside out now. But it's. I feel like this is a really good show, but I feel like it may be difficult for some people because a lot of people like fluffy, happy shows. That's why you knocked it down? No, I'm just saying that I could see why it would be difficult for some. For me, I like the darker side of things. I thought it was a nice change for a lot of things that have been on Broadway. It's very much, like you said, a slice of life. That's why I like the band's visit. A lot of people either loved it or hated this or hated it. I think this is the same thing. But for me, I enjoyed it. I want to applaud a traditional musical that's well thought out and put together with a strong, for the most part, cast. I really, I really enjoyed it, and it really, in certain ways, touched me. It really did, partly, part way because of my experience and me attaching to the, the not the theme, but parts of the show that others may not. Seeing my story a little bit up there, not the whole thing, you know, but that one aspect, and just seeing a show that was really thought out music-wise, even though there may be not memorable music and plot-wise. I just like seeing the creativity. It's easy to take music from a certain artist or take several popular songs and create a show that's easy but creating something from your mind and creating music and a book with two three people that's amazing to me and i want to give more shout out you wanted to support that i I was like was it was that last comment a moulin rouge jab right there That's part of the problem. Oh, oh <laughs> I'm sorry. It is a, I saw it. It has a great set. That's but, all I've heard. Everyone says the oh, set's great. No, and actually the <laughs> acting, uh, Derek Klana, Klana, Derek Klana, I saw him in it, and I felt he did a good job, as did, I think, the the uh, the host gentleman, I thought. So the point is, yeah, I hear you. That, that's not what this is about. This that's is me. About- it's about particular, different people like different things, so you can tell me to shove it. If you love that stuff, go support it. Go enjoy it. There you go. Yeah, this is one that I think uh, I, I rank it. I, I hear what Campbell is saying, and I actually don't disagree because this is one I think that the music I think reveals something about the character. Whereas if I were watching Moulin Rouge and they do Bad Romance by Lady Gaga, that's not going to make me dig deep emotionally or reveal much about the characters. The music in this, I think Janine Tesori and and uh, David Lindsay Bear did a good job of making it reveal something about the character yep. or reveal a story more than be inserted into a story. Yep. So we appreciated that. So Woo-hoo! so whatever your brothers are, support Broadway, support, yes. support, support theater. Any theaters, it, theater near you, community theater, regional, tours, or Broadway. Go do it. Or high school. I've seen, I've heard there's some doing Mamma Mia and I'm like, oh. How oh, fun. Oh. How fun. One time I went to a Catholic schoolgirl production of Jekyll and Hyde. Oh, so, wow. I know. I know. For those of you who know Jekyll and Hyde. There's courtesans. There's, there's, <laughs> it's Bring on the Men is the name of the song. No, but they're, 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 they're ladies of the night. They are ladies of the night. <laughs> and I was like, wait, this is a Catholic school. Can we do this? Oh, they did it. So, and that's not why you should support theater. <laughs> Sorry. Support any theater, whether it be Mamma Mia, whether it be Jekyll and Hyde, whether it be Shrek. The musical. Whatever it is that strikes your fancy. Support those hard-working actors. There you go. And and set designers, directors, and... Um, Stage managers, crew, crew. dressers. All of them. 
Kimberly's gonna have a dresser and another light, and another uh, life. On that note, live your life as an exclamation, not an explanation.